Hello, you're listening to the CZ of Movies. My name's Colin on the C. Uh, with me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello. It's been six weeks, I think. Has it been? Six since weeks of, the, of lockdown. Since the lockdown started. No films. At no least, new films. At least that. Uh, yeah, there's no, no cinemas. We've got, I guess, uh, we've got your Netflix releases and your video on demand and all that. Um, but I, no, my issue with Netflix is that it's so difficult to search for films. It's so, it's so difficult to search for anything unless you know that it's on it. Oh, I never go by. I never go by genre or anything like that. It's awful. Uh, that's, uh, quite often, whenever I want to see if a film is there, I, I pretty much never search for the title. I search for an actor who's in it on the theory that um, maybe I'll find something else that I want to see. Um, oh, does it work? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's it. Yeah, quite. Uh, sometimes I search directors, and more often I'll be like, oh, I, I want to see what else so and so is in, and I search for that and think, okay, okay. Like well, the other day, I was thinking. You know what? Uh, I quite fancy seeing uh, what else Blake Lively is in. I looked up Blake, okay. Blake Lively and, and uh, came up with a film um, called what was it called? Oh boy, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it was it was it was, <laughs> a, it, was, it, was the, it was the boy's name and the girl's name. Who the characters? Um, but anyway, it was the <laughs> boy's name and the girl's name. <laughs> so just just search for a boy's name, girl's name. Okay. Um, <laughs> Elvis, he was called Elvis. Uh, Elvis and Annabelle, or maybe Annabelle and Elvis. I can't remember which one it was. Was it a good film, though? It wasn't bad, actually. Yeah, it was weird in some ways. It was um, uh, basically he is uh, working as an embalmer, uh, and she uh, dies, and then he brings her back to life. Um, ah, as you do. As you do, and then they kind of have this romance thing going on, and then he gets accused of necrophilia. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, Classic. Yeah. It, it seems to be very... Uh, very um, uh, what I imagine is someone somewhere said, hey, what would Sleeping Beauty be like if the if the guy got found out and accused of necrophilia? Um, <laughs> and she had to die. Um, yeah, so... And it plays out based like as a modern... Well, I say modern day. It's 10 years old. Um, but uh, Maybe more. Um, but a, a relatively modern day um, Sleeping Beauty. But yeah, I'd say it's not a, it's not a must-see, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Fair news. Mm. Uh, anyway, we, we're still locked down, but Hollywood never sleeps except for that first few weeks where nothing happened. Uh, and mm-hmm. news is happening. Uh, Zizan, do you have any movie news? Well, should I first say what we're going to do, Steph? As, as we all, yes, as, as I always do for 105 episodes. <laughs> um, uh, we are talking about uh, film adaptations we'd like to see or film ideas we'd like to see. Uh, we're talking about the films of Steve Buscemi. I've got a quiz on The Hobbit and much. Much, much more. more, including the news you're about to tell us, Asian. I don't know whether I'll save this for you, but I might as well just do the spotlight for now. It's a Tom Cruise related news. Yes. Apparently, Tom Cruise and Elon Musk, who just had a kid recently, uh, so, are playing. To be clear, Tom Cruise and Elon Musk didn't have a kid. Um, <laughs> Elon Musk had a kid. You don't know that, though. I don't, I, well, Musk. I don't know that for sure, but uh, Elon Musk had a kid with Grimes, who apparently is his uh, significant other. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the kid's name? There were some letters <laughs> and numbers in them. Yes, they had that AE thing going on. Yes. If you didn't, oh. if you didn't dislike Elon Musk already, then anyway, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise and Elon Musk are playing their first movie together. Yeah. So will this make you like Elon Musk more? Well, I don't like him at the moment, so I guess he's only going to go up. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, and th- but not just any movie. Nope. This film is going to be set. And shot in space. Shot in space. Apparently, he's also talking to NASA, so he's he's um he's he's spreading his uh, he's spreading his bets a bit. But this is, it's a bit ambitious, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think 
I thought the idea was after after the final Mission Impossible, yeah, he was going to stop doing kind of crazy try to kill himself action movies. But no, he wants to do one in space. Uh, I think it's awesome. I think I do. I do wonder: is it kind of a we're going to do a scene in space, or even a even a fairly lengthy section in space, or is it like the bulk of the film is going to be in space? Because I can kind of. Things like when they did, I don't know, the mummy, that scene in Zero Gravity or something like that. I can see him going up into space to do 20 minutes of... of but if you, Still, though, it feels very unnecessarily expensive. Yeah, it's not going to be cheap. <laughs> no, which 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 uh, movie studio would actually pay that amount of money for someone to shoot a film up in space? Even like, And even so, right, you, you think about all the logistics that go behind shooting a film in space. It's just, you know... Yeah, cost versus benefit. It really doesn't. Well, I think Elon Musk would, might pay for it. Uh, he's, he's what the second richest man in the world or something. Mm. I mean, no, not be true. He's incredibly rich and also incredibly publicity hungry. So, <laughs> so he might spend a couple of hundred million just to uh, just to do it. I don't know. It does seem that Tom Cruise film or well, the Mission Impossible films, which which are great, but they, they seem to, a lot of it seems to be based around the. Uh, how can we publicise this? And I think also it looks amazing on screen. But thing, things like him being on the edge of a, a aeroplane in uh, was it Mission Impossible Rogue Nation? Yeah, is only awesome if you know he's actually done it, and you only yes. know if he's done it if you've got those publicity. Similarly, I think a film shot in space is only awesome if you know it was shot in space. Otherwise, it's just gravity. Well, gravity was great, but it's, it's just any one of a number hundreds of films that we've seen in space. Uh-huh. But yeah, I think it's awesome. Go for it. Although some guy I've never heard of claimed that actually he's the first guy to film a film in space because he did like this f- uh, five-minute film or something when he was in uh, at the space station. So there you go. Anyway, what's next? Uh, Karen Gillan news. Um, I've got a double bill of Karen Gillan news. Um, oh. Uh, first thing, she is uh, going to star in a film called Duel. Um, alongside uh, Aaron Paul and Jesse Eisenberg, among others, uh, in which she, uh, I believe the, the plotline will be uh, she is dying, so she has herself cloned, uh, okay. and then she doesn't die, so she has to fight her clone to the death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, um, she has to fight her clone to the death, I guess. I think I added to the death, but uh, that's, that seems to make sense. Um, if you're going to fight your clone, it's probably to the death. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, she advertised on Twitter by saying, I'm fighting myself again, because who can forget um, dual nebulas in Avengers Endgame? Yep. Nebulas? Nebulae? Probably nebulas. They didn't really fight, though, did they? Um, well. She just shot herself. Yeah, I mean, that, that counts as fighting, doesn't it? <laughs> they, they definitely uh, have a bit of a rough and tumble. Um, so there you go. I think, uh, Karen Gillan, I think, is, is great. Big fan. Uh, this is. The f- well, this will be the first big film that she's been the lead of, I would say. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Jumanji, she's co-lead it, I guess. And she was lead of... Well, she she starred in and directed a film called The Party's Just Beginning, I think it's called, uh, which I've not seen. Um, but nothing anywhere near this kind of budget. Well, I assume it's be big budget. Uh, but the second bit of Karen Gillan news, the, the, the double bill wasn't just a reference to the fact that there would be two of her in the film. They genuinely are two pieces of news. Um, okay, fair enough. You, you may remember that, that uh, Disney, in their imagination, decided that they want to uh, reboot Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, of course. Uh, she is being rumoured as the lead of that. Oh, nice. Um, which is very interesting. I do like Karen Gillan, though. Yeah. I've not seen her 
lead a film before, though. She's always part of an ensemble. Well, that's it. Than. I think she hasn't had um, even in Doctor Who, which is her, which is uh, her breakthrough. She was obviously second fiddle to to the Doctor. Mm. Uh, yeah, and the Pirates of the Caribbean films should have stopped um, after a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I mean they made five, and they should they should have made three. Uh, and even the, even by the end of well, even by the third, they seem to be uh, running on fumes a bit. Uh, so I like the idea of rebooting it. If you've got, to, I mean, just leave it alone. But if you're going to make it, don't just do the same thing again. I wonder if she has. She's, I think she's great, but I wonder if she has that kind of Jack Sparrow kind of magnetism that mm. will lead a film like this. Because I think Johnny Depp obviously went way crazy over the top, and it and it worked amazingly, at least the first time. He did carry the film still. He, he, it wouldn't yeah. be Paris or Caribbean without Jack Sparrow. Exactly, and I think she's great. But she, what does she do? Does she just play it? Like she plays with Jumanji or something, or does she go so crazy? Or I don't know, I don't know. Mm. But uh, there's not many things that would make me excited about a new Paris Caribbean film. But I think Karen Gillan starring in it helps. Mm. It does, it does. Um, I wouldn't mind watching it if Karen Gillan starring in it. There you go, Karen. You've got two. <laughs> there you go. Um, speaking of Disney, um, they are making another live action film of one of their past um, cartoons, oh, yes. per usual. Um, this time it's Hercules. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. The is, story is, of the demigod. Is Hercules well regarded as a Disney film? Yeah, it's not bad. It isn't bad. Uh, it has the famous Michael Bolton song, uh, Go the Distance. Famous, is it? <laughs> well, you know the song, right, Colin? I don't think I do. Well, that's coming out of my quiz round. Your quiz round on, uh, on The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to ask but, me about... Um, in fact, I've got a feeling you may already have asked me this in a previous quiz, but... Um, Probably, yeah. Uh, it sounds familiar. Um, anyway, the more important news is that the Russo brothers are producing it. All right. Okay. Well, everyone... Well, they are tied to Disney anyway, given that Marvel is part of Disney, right? So, it's not not a surprise. They just did a film called Extraction on Netflix, which I've not bothered watching, starring Chris Hemsworth. Um, they are doing Extraction too as well. Okay. Right um, did you watch? I oh know you've not got Disney Plus, have you, You will not have been able to watch the uh, the live action remake of Lady and the Tramp. But, uh, no, you didn't sell that very well. No, I've not. Se- you didn't sell Disney Plus very well. At all. No, no, I, I, I'm still a bit underwhelmed, if I'm honest. Although uh, I have been watching feelings on it, which I might come on to. Um, so here's some uh, here's some fighting in the world of cinemas. So um, Universal Studios, uh, who are scrappling for hits. Um, they have said that they will be releasing films at home and cinema at the same time in the future, uh, having discovered how well it works um, in this lockdown period, I guess. Wow. But, uh, before we get too excited, um, this has made, led to both Odeon and Cineworld saying that they're going to ban Universal films from their cinemas. I think that makes sense, though. It's. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting one, not just Universal, but a whole number of studios. Um in the kind of battle with with cinemas, because yeah, if you if you release a video on demand at the same time as cinema and it's the same price, yep, no one's going to go to the cinema. Well, that's it. You go to the cinema for an Avengers or, or basically for a blockbuster from Mission Impossible or something. But yeah, you wouldn't go to a cinema for most films. If you for just, most films, if you just get them on your TV at home with exactly yeah, and and yeah, so I, I can understand why the cinema chains have responded like this because well, no, I, it was a. When the first Alice in Wonderland, I think it was, came out, was that someone? It was maybe it wasn't, but there was some film um, where 
one of the studios said I, I reduced the amount of time between the cinema release and the DVD release. I can't remember the details. And then I think Cineworld kicked them out of their cinemas uh, back then. So, uh, <laughs> there seems to be like some kind of history going on. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of kind of... Um, it feels like a, a game of poker here. There's, uh, he's going to blink first. A lot of bluffing and all this. But, uh, but I mean, like, obviously the cinemas have a lot, lot more to lose, right, in this, this regard. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the studios yeah. won't have any... I mean, the studios will be getting money from the streaming services. So, yeah. you know, ultimately the cinemas will lose out from this. So I remember, Yeah, Steven Spielberg... Oh, ten years ago, maybe a bit less, five five years ago. But um, he he reckoned that in time, cinema you'd only have a few films released a year, and you'd pay vastly vastly more like you would at the opera or theatre or something. Um, and I'm not sure that's going to be true. But already, to be honest, for me, a lot of the time, I, if it's a smaller budget film, I'll just wait for the DVD, mm. um, or other people, I guess, will wait for streaming. If yeah, if it's a a choice between just going downstairs or, or, or watching it, yeah. It's, it's no no brainer. So it'll be interesting to see where, where this one goes. Hmm. Well, I, I don't have any like interesting feuds <laughs> in my rest of my news anyway. Um, but this is something quite cool. Um, you know the Easter egg in Avengers Endgame? Um, about, um, so in Avengers Endgame, there was a bit where uh, the remaining Avengers were reporting to Black Widow. Oh yes, and Okoye was questioned on a series of tremors detected in okay. the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, so it's been confirmed that this was in relation to Namor, the submariner. Namor, who is Namor? Mm-hmm. Namor, yeah, the submariner. So it's been confirmed that it's about him. Um, for those who don't know, Namor is basically the Aquaman of <laughs> of Marvel. Mm. Um, he lives in the ocean. He lives in Atlantis and. He's a king of a lot of people and supposed to be the first mutant as well. Oh, okay. Uh, which may bridge the mutant and Marvel world hmm. uh, quite well. Although they, I guess they've had they've had Quicksilver before. In fact, even Scarlet Witch is mutant, isn't she, in the comics? They did, but I did mention that they retconned it in the comics so that they are not mutants in the comics. Oh, really? Anymore. Okay. So that so that Marvel can keep uh, keep control of them. I was, uh, name all this... Yeah, the submariner, um, yes. which always makes me think he's in a submarine, but he's not. Is he just below the ocean or below? Also, Namor is a love interest for Susan Storm. Uh, or is this before or after Reed Richards? Uh, or during, during the same time? Oh right, oh, see. He was a she was a competitor for her interest. I see. Lo- classic love triangle. Okay. Classic love triangle. So that may suggest, um, yeah, some Fantastic Four news coming out as well. Mm. Who knows? What do women I'm not too sure whether he can carry his own film, to be fair. So, but he could be the guy introducing all the other characters. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think because, as you say, he is their Aquaman, and Aquaman came out a couple of years ago. And I think everyone would just say, "Well, yes, doing Aquaman," even though it probably will turn out that Namor was before Aquaman in real life, was it? Or not real life in comics? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. Um, what else we got here? Um, Demolition Man. Uh, He's going to get a sequel, maybe. Yep. Uh, sliced alone, fresh from rebooting Rambo and Rocky. And that's it, I think. Um, he's wanted to do a Demolition Man sequel. Uh, I have seen Demolition Man and did not think it was very good, but I know people love it. Uh, for those. What is Demolition Man about? I've not seen it. Uh, so set in the far-flung future, which probably means it was about 2012 or something. Um, <laughs> uh, Eight years ago. Yeah. Um, Wesley Snipes is a baddie sliced alone is 
goes into the future to track him down. A young Sandra Bullock is a police officer who helps him out. Uh, and stuff gets blown up. Uh, and oh, as you a, do. And if you're using the toilet, you have to use the three shells, which is a uh, a joke, in-joke that's never explained and that everyone who loves Demolition Man loves to reference. Uh, and Slice Lane, where's the berry? So uh, that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's what's going on there. Uh, Wesley Snipes, I guess, will be back for it um, if, if it happens. It, it seems to be very early stages. At the moment, but it's one of the things I think Slice Stallone put it on his Instagram and stuff, and I guess he's hoping to get a groundswell of support, maybe. Okay. Well, who knows? I've not seen it, so I don't think I have any interest in seeing it. Yeah, I, so I'm not a huge fan of 80s action, uh, and this is kind of the epitome of 80s action. Well, another sequel, um, Space Jam 2, has a new title now. Oh, yeah. It's called Space Jam, A New Legacy. A New Legacy. Yeah. That feels like it's been... Uh, focus group to death <laughs> probably yeah Space Jam is currently out on Netflix it's the Michael Jordan Bucks Bunny vehicle this time around it'll be LeBron James who will be in Space Jam too. Did you, you've seen Space Jam? I've seen Space Jam I enjoyed it when I was a kid because who doesn't like seeing Michael Jordan play basketball against aliens well I've never I've never never wanted characters. to if I'm honest um, apparently there's a really good uh, documentary series about Michael Jordan on Netflix at the moment Huh. Um, which even if you don't like basketball, like me, uh, it's good. I've not seen it yet, but uh, I might, might go on to it. Probably it's very good. Oh. Wonderful cover, Space Jam. Uh, there's going to be a new film which we know almost nothing about, apart from the fact that Josh Brolin and Peter Dinklage are going to be playing brothers in it. Um, which Is it a comedy? I believe so. It sounds very much in the twins kind of line. So um, uh, Peter Dinklage is, is uh, very short. Uh, Josh Brolin is quite tall uh, hilarity will ensue no doubt it sounds like an Adam Sandler comedy uh-huh. well, you, you must have seen Twins have you seen Twins? I've not seen Twins oh, watch that's the Arnold Schwarzenegger De- Danny DeVito right? that's the one ah uh, yeah I may have seen it I can't so remember. same concept uh, although I think they also start together in uh, Junior so you may have seen that they do look quite similar though come to think of it Josh Brolin and Peter Dinklage yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I can see that yeah. I can see that, yeah, definitely. They can look like brothers, yeah. Uh, speaking of Josh okay. Brolin, I watched Goonies for the first time the other day. Uh, How was it? Starts slow, but yeah, it's good fun. Uh, I think it's one of those ones that you probably have to watch as a kid to really love it. But, uh, I hear they're gathering the cast together. Well, that was yeah. as I say. They said they have done. Josh Gad is doing a thing um, where he, he reunites uh, stars of yesteryear. So he, he got the Goonies cast together for a, a Zoom thing, which was fun. Tomorrow, as we record... Uh, he is reuniting the Back to the Future cast. So I'm quite... Oh, wow. Uh, so that's why you'll be watching I'm that, excited by that, yeah. I mean... Is that all YouTube? Or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be on YouTube, yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't... It didn't run for loads... I mean, it's like 20 minutes or something, but um, I think that'd be good. I'm excited to find out if Crispin Glover returns for it because I think he's fallen out with everyone involved. Uh, mm. So I suspect not. But we'll, Speaking of Back to the Future, um, this weekend was supposed to be the time I was going to see the Back to the Future, the musical. So that's a, oh. a little bit sad. Are you getting like coupons or something? To I don't know. Maybe mine well, got, got as a show. gift actually, so I don't know what's happening. Oh. Oh, that's a shame. Mm. Um, the last bit of news I have is that there's another Stephen King property that's being uh, made. Oh yeah. Uh, in the runs of being made. Uh, we, there's been lots of Stephen King films coming out in the past few years. It Chapter 1, Chapter 2, Dr. Slip. Oh yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so Mike Flanagan. So this is the guy who was behind uh, Dr. Sleep. And also The Haunting of Hill House, the very famous... Um, 
and very good uh, horror TV series on Netflix right now. Uh, it's tied to another Stephen King property. It's called Revival. So it's one of his latest uh, books. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a 2014 book, actually. And it follows a young boy in his friendship with a small town minister. Okay. Uh, that's how it starts. Uh, and then, obviously, in later years, they two met again. And they are getting involved in experiments that involve using electricity to open a gateway to the afterlife. Seems like a seems like a bad idea if you ask me. Mm-hmm. That's that's not going to end well. No, it's a Stephen King one. Well, unless it's a Shawshank Redemption, right? I don't think they. I don't think they were trying to open a portal to another world in uh, Shawshank Redemption, were they? Well, maybe metaphorically they were. <laughs> <laughs> he did dig one out. Yeah, so he did. Uh, and that was great. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't love Stephen King, but um, do you reckon this is all off the back of Stranger Things? Is this why Stephen King's big again? It could be. Uh, Stranger Things made uh, 80s horror hmm. uh, cool again. And, that was, it was, and that's what Stephen King is famous yeah, for, right? Stranger Things was very clearly inspired by, by Stephen King. Hmm. Uh, okay, a couple of things. Um, so speaking earlier of, of um, films being released at home, uh, the Oscars have said, that they, or the Academy have said, that the Oscars will include uh, films that are released directly to home, but only during this coronavirus period and if they were going to be released in cinemas. So... <laughs> That's quite specific. So clear as clear as mud there. Um, <laughs> uh, that'd be interesting. Oh, to be honest, there's not really huge numbers of released at home that were going to be in cinemas, have there? No, exactly. I've not seen anything new. There's, yet. there's a film coming out uh, tomorrow, as we record, um, called Capone, I think, um, which is Josh Trank film starring Tom Hardy in uh, the late days of Al Capone. Uh, which is going to be on demand, but I don't know if that was going to be. I think that's going to be in cinemas. So there you go, eligible for the Oscars. Um, and Taika Waititi has been confirmed. I think it was already rumoured, and it's one of those things we probably said was true. Uh, but it's been confirmed that he's going to be co-writing and directing a Star Wars film. Hmm. Uh, he's very much the man of the moment. Uh, he is. He very much is. So uh, let's see if he's one of the few Star Wars directors who actually keeps his job. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Right. That's all the news. Let's talk uh, to C or not to Z, uh, where we talk about films that we've seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or you should not Z them. Zijan. Um Yes, I've seen a couple of films on Netflix. So I saw Red, hmm. um, the the film inspired by the limited comic book series of the same name. For those who don't know, it's a bunch of old, old actors kicking ass. <laughs> yeah. So you have Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, Helen uh, Mirren, John Malkovich. Uh, they are ex-CIA agents. Uh, yeah, and you basically yeah see them kicking ass, really. Can I say ass on this podcast? Yeah, I think, I think that's probably just about allowed. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. It's, uh, it's part action, part comedy, as you can imagine. Uh, it would be. Um, and yeah, it's just something fun to, to watch, really. It's very light. Yeah, light-hearted. Um, I would say light-hearted in certain ways. It's a bit violent in bits, so maybe not light-hearted in all parts. But yeah, it's um, it's just good fun. It's good to see everyone back again. Uh, well, when I say back again, as in it's good still, to see the old actors back in going, action yeah. roles again. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, it was fun. So. Um, diminishing returns with Red Two, but uh, I've not seen Red Two yet. But they've been Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it, right? Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I thought they probably more more. Um, older actors as well uh, I don't remember him being in it but well, it doesn't mean he wasn't okay fair dudes fair dudes and the other film that I saw was The Post okay did you not see that at the time alright no I didn't see that at the time so Meryl Streep Tom Hanks uh, also very good about journalism about trying to report uh, was it to report a scandal uh, it was 
uh, to decide whether to report a scandal or not. Well, the uh, the Pentagon Papers was it? Yeah, that's to do with the Vietnam War, if I'm not mistaken. I I found it quite boring, if I'm honest. Um, maybe it works better on the small screen. It's definitely okay on the small screen. I would say. I think maybe because um. I'd love like Spotlight or something which they're doing all this investigative journalism and stuff and, and the Pentagon Papers is basically some guys like listen I've got everything you need do you, do you want to print it or not and it wasn't like okay, there's not a lot of investigative journalism going on here is it it's just no, definitely nothing to do with that it was, yeah. it was basically seeing whether Meryl Streep would have you know would do it or not she dare to publish yeah. yes or no yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg um, cool uh, yeah I've watched a few films um, one of which is Enemy of the State uh, so the late Tony Scott directed in the, in the late 90s about 98 I think it was stars Will Smith and Gene Hackman uh, and you may recall uh, a few episodes ago I talked about a film called The Conversation actually maybe it was only last episode um, called, starring Gene Hackman as a guy who does some wiretapping and listens to conversations uh, and kind of unofficially the Gene Hackman character in this is, is widely viewed as being the same character uh, as in that film which is fun. So he is someone who does lots of recordings. His 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 lair, for want of a better word, uh, looks very similar with kind of wire mesh and stuff. But this is a lot more action heavy. Um, oh. So it's Will Smith is a lawyer who gets caught up uh, in because uh, a friend of his gives him a, a recording of a of a murder that took place, and, okay. and the the government, well, the NSA, uh, actually are trying to cover it up. And it's I think it's John Voigt is is in the NSA is involved. Uh, so it's, in some ways it's quite funny because it's very to see the kind of old 90s um, zoom in enhance enhance and then you, you get things like well we've got this picture of him from one angle so the computer can work out what he'll look like from the other angle by filling in the place <laughs> uh, so it's a bit silly but uh, yeah it's good fun it's quite I say it, it feels quite 90s but um, you can remember just how uh, magnetic I guess uh, Will Smith used to be and and to a certain extent it is, I guess, but... You, he still is, but, I don't say. Yeah, but I think watching the thing, okay, this is why he's such a huge star. Um, yeah. Gene Hackman's on good, I, I, good form. You know I'm not the biggest Will Smith fan, no. but I wouldn't deny that he is charismatic. Yes, yeah. Uh, and in fact, quite ahead of its time, because it was talking about um, yeah, NSA and, and um, what's happening in Inception and, and public uh, right, I guess privacy rights and stuff, um, which mm. became a big topic in the, in the decade that followed. So uh, I, th- I think it's worth a watch. It's good fun. Uh, and I also watched The Incredible Journey on Disney+. Plus. Uh, you may know my love of the film Homeward Bound. Yes. Uh, this was the original film of the book. Uh, so the book came out in about, ooh, about 61. This film was about 63. Something like that. So it's only a couple of years afterwards. And in fact, is the reason the book became popular, I think. Uh, so it's, for those who don't know Homeward Bound, it's two dogs and a cat uh, running across country uh, to get home. Uh, mm-hmm. This is... Um, I think it's an interesting com- comparison with the the no, it must be nineties version, uh, just because the, the the it's a lot gentler. You don't get the 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 thoughts of the animals. You just get a narrator throughout describing what they're doing. Uh, it's probably closer to the book, and you don't get quite so much um, over the top humor, I guess. But it's, by Homeward Bound is still a better film. I I certainly prefer Homeward Bound. Um, yeah. I think this is this is nice, but uh, the Homeward Bound is great. I also, I know I shouldn't do three, but hey, I also watched Homeward Bound Lost in San Francisco. I was, I was on a bit of a Homeward Bound um, uh, fix, I guess, uh, which is not as good as I did yours. Everyone likes the original Homeward Bound. Such, Even I've seen such that. Such a great film. Mm. 
that's, 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 that must be Disney. There you go. That's a, that's a Disney film I love. <laughs> Speaking of films I love, let's talk about films I might love if they got made. <laughs> I mean, okay, there, there have been worse segues than this. So <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, that's, that's a... I reckon that's just above average, maybe. Um, yeah, 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 that's pretty, pretty, it's okay. It's, it works. Uh, so our main topic today, we're talking about the films that we would like to see. They've not been made, but we'd like to see adaptations on, say, whether it's books or film, sorry, books or plays or comics or real-life events or anything. Um, we've yeah. had a couple of uh, suggestions as well, so I'll get to those, but um, do you want to kick us off, Sijan, with some... Yeah, 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 sure. Um, so I kind of split my my list by different categories. So I've got like one for TV, one for musicals, one for books, one for comics, etc. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start with the one from uh, musical. So there's been lots of uh, movie musicals uh, coming up and they've, um, in the Heights, the Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, one is coming out, well, supposed to come out this year, June, but it's now been postponed to next year. Um, Hamilton, I think, has a movie coming out as well. Um, and Last year we had Mary Poppins returns, or was it two years ago? Um, a couple of years ago, yeah. So yeah, musicals in movies is um, has been has been here for ages. So the musical that I think would make a very good film is a musical called Come From Away. All right. It's currently playing in uh, the West End right now. I saw this in Broadway actually when I was in New York a couple of years ago. Um, it won four Olivier Awards, including Best New Musical. So, Come From Away, it's a Canadian musical. Oh. And it's sure it's also based on a real-life story as well. So, this could fall under the real-life um, event thing yeah. as well. So, following the September 11 uh, event, um, 38 planes were ordered to land in Gander, Newfoundland, Canada. All right. Um, and this musical um, is all about showing um, the kindness of the people in Gander, of taking all these people in. Okay. to stay with them because it's a very small town you can imagine the resources there are not a lot but they took in these 38 planes which must have been a lot of people and they let them stay in their houses let them stay in their schools cook for them make sure they're welfare and all that and it's basically a musical about you know the celebration of kindness and hmm. the triumph of humanity over hate which yeah so I think this would be a very good yeah basis for for a film awesome yeah, I, I've not heard of that. Um, yeah, it's in it's in the Western right now. So if you're by, well, I, I don't mind watching it with you again. Not not right now, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, let's do it once the um, once we can. <laughs> yeah, once we can. Um, okay, uh, my my first one is actually it's slightly odd because uh, there already is a film and it's already a great film. But um, uh, I'll explain. Uh, <laughs> so it's To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, okay. Which I love, I love, love, love the book, and I love the film uh, Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch. Uh, however, it was fifty something years ago now, so let's make another one. And in particular, um, Aaron Sorkin wrote a play um, of it, which has been oh yes, running, starring yes. Jeff Daniels. Uh, and I love Aaron Sorkin as well, um, so I would love to see a film adaptation of that version of To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, I think. I don't know if it's going to... I think it's got very, very, very well reviewed. Um, you you get Jeff Daniels, I guess, to to, to move across to, to the film. But uh, I think you can do another version without uh, taking away from the previous one. Um, it may be difficult to produce something that's as loved, but uh, hey, stuff gets remade all the time. So yeah, I, exactly. I would I would love to see uh, another version of Ken Lockenberg, um under the 
screenplay of Aaron Sorkin and maybe even directing of Aaron Sorkin now that he's he's started directing as well. I don't see why that would happen. I actually put down my list um, that uh, of an old film that was made before and don't see why it wouldn't um, be mm. made again. So it was Rebecca, because I've seen mm, that recently. Okay. Uh, made in 1940. I think one Alfred Hitchcock is only... Um, directing Oscar. Uh, um, I, no, but, he didn't. He didn't win an Oscar for it. But um, oh, for best picture, I think. Yeah, might, yeah, best, got best picture. picture yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think Joan um, Fontaine may have got best actress, but that might not be right. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I was thinking about that, but apparently it's been made into a film. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's one coming on Netflix: um, Army Hammer and Lily James. Yeah, exactly. Which sounds so, awesome, actually. So <laughs> I think so too. I think they would make a very good couple. Yeah, Maxim and. Uh, Mrs. The, the second Mrs. De Winter. Second, yeah, second Mrs. De Winter. Right. You don't know her name. Um, my my only qualm with the first film, I think it doesn't show how controlling Maxim is. Mm, okay. I think I read a book uh, a couple of years ago, and I can see that you know Maxim controls the narrative of what the second Mrs. De Winter does, and I think the first film is very sympathetic uh, towards Maxim, and I think they changed the ending a little bit as well. Yeah, I think there are some rules at the time of what you're allowed to show in, and yeah, you couldn't show someone profiting from murder and things like this. So yes, exactly. That's why they didn't show Maxim killing the guy in the shack, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, okay, yeah, I've, yeah. It's been so a while since I read it, but yeah, it's a great book. I, great book. Great book. But yeah, it's been made to another film, so I can't claim that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I claim that? Can I claim that? <laughs> it's going to really be made to mean, Netflix anyway. We've already covered it in the new section of the podcast, I'm sure. But uh, and you seem quite excited by it at the time, if I remember. So this is um, yes, it's good to know that you're still still consistent. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, claim it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd love to see a film of a, of a book by Mario Puzo called The Godfather. I think that'd make a great film. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, dear. Uh, okay, my my next one is cheating a little bit. Well, not cheating. Because it's, I guess it's um, the most likely of all of these to happen. Uh, I would like to see a film, or maybe two films, of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Um, and I guess it's cheating because this isn't an idea I, I've had. <laughs> I think, I think uh, the good people at Warner Brothers are, are already uh, well aware. But uh, you and I have seen this play together. Yep, uh, I've seen, You've seen it, it twice. I've seen it twice. Um, you know, I've seen it twice. Uh, second time with Simon, uh, and it's. I think. It, yeah, I think it's a really good story, a really good telling. Um, some of the some of the wonder of it is because of the joy of seeing magic done very well on stage, which obviously wouldn't be as yep. exciting in, in film. Uh, but still, I think it's it's a good continuation. It's got the right balance of the original characters and new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think particularly if some of it, some of the comedy has maybe toned down a bit. I, I always find stage comedy has to be quite big and broad to work. And uh, that's not really my style of comedy uh, that I enjoy. So I think maybe some of it being toned down on screen will work well. Uh, I think it also deserves to have two films, unlike some things we might be doing quizzes on later, um, which stretched out far, far too many films. So uh, I I don't know whether they're going to wait until Daniel Radcliffe, etc., are old enough to play these characters. They're probably around the correct age now, right? I mean, what's his name? Um, Ron just had a kid recently. Okay, but I mean, Rupert Grint, yeah, yeah. Rupert Grint just had a kid I, I recently. Don't know so. that. But you'd probably, if if the kids are going to supposed to be 11, 12, 11. 13, 14, you probably need someone who is forty or so to to yeah, play that. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. Not, I mean, we're not a million years away, but um, 
and indeed they'll probably not want to do the film till they've had the play out for a good long time yeah I have to agree with you that this is definitely going to come out but I wouldn't agree that I want to see it in film though okay how come yeah I think yeah as I say part of the magic is just seeing mm. the magic happening on set mm. and watching it in film just loses it I mean look at now you see me it's just <laughs> it's just rubbish seeing magic yeah. on film okay it just doesn't work um no, fair, fair enough. I can see what you mean. Uh, I think, I think because the, the magic is wonderful on stage, but that's not the only thing this play's got going for it. I guess if it was just a let's do a magic show, I, I, I'd agree. Um, but I, th- I don't. Know, I think it, I think it would be nice to see. Be nice to see those. those, uh, those it'd be nice to see those characters come back as, as with the actual actors as well. But. No, that's true. That's true. Can- well, it's probably going to come after Fantastic Beast. Um, the oh yeah, once they finish all those, anyway. that's true. Yeah, yeah. you got a lot to wait. Exactly. Um, the next thing that I want to see as a film, so this is uh, in comic territory now. Okay. It's a uh, a comic that is called Why the Last Man. Oh yeah. Yeah, have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I don't really know much about it. Yeah, so it's a post-apocalyptic science fiction comic book. It's in a world where one day all men in the world died suddenly. Okay. And there's only one man left, called Yorick. Um, funnily enough, obviously his uh, his surname begins with a letter Y, which is the chromosome that all men have as well. I see, clever. Yeah. How how coincidentally? Um, and basically follows his journey throughout this new world where, uh, obviously, um, the women are afraid of extinction. Right. Um, because there's only one yeah there's only one man left, and he becomes a prized property, uh, given his potential of you know um prolonging uh, humankind really um, and also yeah and the thing is right this this comic book can go very badly right okay <laughs> especially if you know you can be a very male point of view in a world full of women you know and then how lucky this guy could be but it doesn't go that way which is um, very refreshing okay. and apparently there's been film rights being sold for this comic book um there were talks initially about Shia LaBeouf playing the main character a long time ago. Back when he was big. Back when he was big. Uh, Zachary Levi was tied to the main role as well. Alright. Um, but I think that's been caught off a long time ago as well. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think there could be a TV series happening about this uh, this comic book because it's quite yeah, a big that's, one. Yeah, that's it's what like, I've heard of. I think cause, yeah, I'm looking at the, there is a TV series coming this year. I think well, there are like four books four books in the comics as well so it's not it's quite a hefty one to put in a film but uh, it's one thing I would like to see on screen whether it's on film or whether on TV mm. so yeah cool um, I'm going to go for another one that again there is a film of it but it's not very good uh, so uh, Flowers <laughs> Flowers for Algernon um, which oh. is, is a wonderful book um, I've not seen the film no, so it's, it's, it's by Daniel Key, something like that. Uh, it's a story of a guy who is, I mean, uh, mentally challenged, and he uh, it takes part in some scientific program where he can become intelligent and, and becomes phenomenally intelligent. And I, I won't um, spoil what happens, but uh, yeah, I love the book. It was recommended by my friend Rich, and I kind of devoured oh, it in, in a day or two a few years ago. The book is so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a film called Charlie. Um, Based off this, that's the name of the main character. Yeah, uh, starring Cliff Robertson, who you'll know as Uncle Ben in the um, in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. So it's obviously quite a long time ago. I, I don't know when it was, sixties or seventies, probably. Seventies. Um, yeah, it's not terrible. Uh, it gets across some of the ideas, but uh, it's it's not. 
it's it's not a fitting it, yeah it's, it's an average film at best i think um oh. there's a very weird bit where so when he becomes really happy and intelligent and stuff he this is shown by him doing a motorbike montage um, which i don't remember in the book that's bizarre yeah, yeah. No, i don't remember that either and, and the whole thing is quite stylized and yeah and the, the performance is very good actually cliff robinson is very good but the film isn't brilliant so i'd like to see a good adaptation of that and i think it's such a rich story uh, I think more popular in America than it is over here. I first heard of it actually an episode of Friends, um, and this led me to deduce some of the plot. Um, <laughs> so you do you remember when uh, uh, Joey and Chandler um, won the girls' apartment? Yes. And then um, the girls are trying to arrange to to swap it back in exchange for okay. exchange for Nick's tickets. And uh, Chandler said, "I can't go back to living there. Have you never read Flowers for Algernon?" Uh, which was lost on me at the time, but now I understand the reference. So, um, so there you go. Maybe, maybe bring in Cliff Robertson for a cameo just to show that uh, if he's still alive. Yeah. I think he's still alive. Where, where, where was the original film shot? When? Oh, so I, I think, I'd guess late 60s, early 70s, if I, but I don't know for sure. Okay. Um, I would like to see Off Mice and Men being made into a film. You're in luck, it has been. I know, a long time ago though. Well, so I almost put Off Mice and Men because I love that book as well. But yes. I, I watched that film very recently, and it, it holds up. It's good. Have you? When's this? Uh, it I watched. So the film is from the nineties. It was in black and white as well, isn't it? Nope. No, there's probably multiple films, but there was one in yeah, the nineties that is in, is colour directed by Gary Sinise and stars him and John Malkovich. Ah. And it's it was on Netflix. I don't, I don't think it's at the moment, but um, but it's very good. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> you're, you're in luck. <laughs> I know, right? Look at this. Look at this. Um, <laughs> but, but hey, explain why you want to see it. <laughs> oh, it's a great book, though. It really is. Beautiful. It's one of those yeah. books that is on a, like, it took me a long time to read that book. And, and you know, you hear a lot about this book being one of the greats out there. Mm. And you can understand why it really is. It's like the, one of the best endings of a book can possibly mm. get. You know that it's coming. You know what's coming, but still, it's written so beautifully. It's oh, yeah, John, John Steinbeck. It's, it's relatively short. I mean, I read it in in two days again. I think it was like a bit like Flash Friends went on. I just zipped through it. Uh, it, and yeah, I was I was in tears for most of the ending. It's it's beautiful. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. So the the film, I think the film does it justice. I think it's yeah. Check it out if you can try, okay. check it out. Um. What else have we got here? Uh, Look at this, you're doing more research than I am. But <laughs> well, that's on you, right? It wasn't exactly research, it was just I happened to have watched it recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Secret History, Donna Tart, uh, which I read ooh, a year, two years ago, probably last year. Um, do you know that book? No, I don't know that book. Uh, so it's, I'm, listeners may know I'm reading through most of the, the 100 best books as voted for on the BBC some time ago and um, that's why I read of Mice and Men actually but it's also uh, why I read uh, The Secret History and it's about a group of uh, students at university um, who end up killing one of their group and um, which you No, oh, that's quite grim for you it is pretty grim uh, it gets revealed pretty much from the start so it's, it's, it's all um, from the point of view of one of the group who's, who's looking back on those days and goes through how it all happened and how they uh, covered it up and the repercussions of this. Um, and yeah, it, it is it is pretty grim in, a, um, in some ways, and, and, but it's it's very well written. It's it uh, it's quite it examines uh, everything they go through. So that they 
um, even before that, so there's a group of them who basically get taken aside by one lecturer just to have lessons only with him and they learn the classics and stuff. I think some of it maybe went over my head because I don't know enough about the classics, um, but I don't think you necessarily need to. But it's, it's more just an yeah, examination of their personalities and their interactions and uh, the, the secrets they hide from each other. It's the secret, I guess. Mm. But, um, uh, I I could see it being um, being very well made as a not as a kind of a uh, flashy, gory type thing because it's not that, but more of a um, uh, exploration of their their relationships and and their characters. And that sounds good, though. Yeah, I, I I was actually googling just to see if it was a film, and there was a I came across things saying here's why there's not a film of Donald Tartt's history, but I didn't, I didn't bother clicking on it. So there might be a reason why it's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> I'm actually reading the book instead, though. Yeah, definitely worth a read. Um, hmm. Uh. So I'm on video game territory now. Oh yeah. And this video game I think would make a very good film. It's a game called Heavy Rain. And it's probably not something you've heard Heavy of Rain. Before because Heavy Rain, yeah. I feel like I, I've heard it mentioned it made me th- have you seen Bowfinger? I've not seen Bowfinger. No, they, they, in that they make a film called Chubby Rain. Um anyway. <laughs> it could be related to this though. Yeah. Like so um obviously as as like uh, comic books and musicals, uh, video games are being made into films quite a lot now. Mm-hmm. You have the the Tomb Raider series. You have uh, the Last of Us that's going to be made into film. There is uh, Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake, maybe in the <laughs> un- <laughs> in the Uncharted series. Uh, so video games are being turned into films. And Heavy Rain is one of the first games I played on my PS3. It's a very immersive adventure game. Basically, the outcome of the game depends on the choices you've made throughout. You play four different characters okay. and you're trying to find um, this origami killer. This is a serial killer who's trying to, who kills young oh. boys right. by drowning them. And then yep. leaves paper on them. Yep, and leaves uh, origami uh, cranes okay. as his signature. And it's very hard to describe, but it was one of the most immersive games that um, I've played. So there, in, there are there are no good video game films. I'm going to go out and say it. Um, that is why, true. why is this different? Because um, it tells a very good story on its own. Okay. The film just needs to just follow just it like for like and it'll still yeah. be good anyway. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like um, the most recent Spider-Man game as well on Sony. Yeah, on PlayStation. Okay, yeah. It's really really good story as well. Like incredible story that. Yeah, I've I've, um, I've not played it. Cause I don't I don't really play computer games much, but um, I have watched a lot of the story on YouTube, and yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it's it? Good. Like it's you good. could make a good film from it. That's the thing. So, um, this is one of the ones as well. I I, I have Spider Man on my list as well. So, I think, um, yeah, it'll be good. It was optioned out again to New Line Cinema. Oh yeah. Um, but it's not been picked up. Okay. Um, what have we got here? So, <laughs> I was thinking of games as well, but I was thinking that you know how they're, they're desperately making films out of board games? Um, yeah, yes, like Settlers of Catan. Yes, yeah, and obviously we had Bounce Up quite a while ago, and the uh, Monopoly movie is always being made but never quite gets there. <sighs> and obviously, that, that Tetris trilogy that we're way too wide, that's not a board game. I was thinking, what board games could you make a film of? And I think I would watch maybe a film about Ticket to Ride. Uh, I reckon competitive, competitive railways across America <sighs> might work. It might work. Really? Would it? I can see it as a kind of a around the world in 80 days kind of thing. Um, yeah, I collect all my pink carriages. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to work quite like that. Um <laughs> 
yes, a locomotive. That can be any carriage I need. Um, <laughs> but I, I could see as a kind of set in the whenever they were building trains, 19th century, maybe, um, of people like, I'm going to get to Duluth before you are. And then, uh, listen, listen it, it wouldn't work, but it was the closest I could get to a board game movie that would I think would work. <laughs> uh, well, it can't be worse than what's been out, right? Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. Um, it can't be worse than what's been out. Honestly, I think it'll be a better film than the Settlers of Catalan film, so... Yes, I think there's probably more to it. Because at least you've then got... Trading sheep. It feels like there's a... Because while Settlers of Catalan, the grand finish is you've got 10 points. Whereas at least I think you could probably have a kind of... You, Getting here by a particular event, it could, it could work, maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, my my last bit is TV. Oh yeah, and TV series that can make it a film. Uh, although sometimes you wouldn't want that to happen, you know, Gilmore Girls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, I wouldn't have uh, minded a uh, just a film as opposed to some kind of weird four part almost film. Yeah, it wasn't good. I rewatched it, and it's best than I remembered. Um, but I did skip the bit where Rory and her friends are dancing in the street. Uh, uh, anyway, and um, obviously we want a Firefly film to come back again. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah everyone knows that. But I think what would be good as well. I think we should have uh, another a Defenders film. So the Marvel TV series, okay. they've all been cancelled uh, on Netflix, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, and. Um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones at least are very very good TV series and they've been cancelled way too early and it'll be good to see them in a film so you want as you same was, same actors back again? of course yeah. they're great and you you know you suggested that Charlie Cox will come back as uh, Daredevil in one it's of the Spider-Man films yeah, yeah. it's been rumoured yeah so yeah I would like to see them have their own film mm. they're good they're very good the Marvel TV series are one of the best things that have come out from Netflix it's so tough. I, I think the first couple of series were fantastic and just then it was diminishing returns for me. Um, mm. I'm, I'm not sure I'd be excited by Defenders film. I don't know. I'd watch it if it was on Netflix particularly, but uh, okay. Um, okay, uh, I've got a couple of uh, real-life things. So, um, yep. uh, Michael J. Fox, um, one of my favourite actors, but also has a fantastic story. So, it's, the, I read his autobiography many, many years ago, and it it's, remains the best autobiography I've read. And I would like to see um, the Michael J. Fox story on film. So, I think, uh, at the moment, it's all music biopics. But uh, I'm sure at some point there'll be a craze for actor biopics. So, it'd be fun to see uh, someone behind the scenes. But more interesting than the kind of back to feature behind the scenes stuff is, is his battle uh, with Parkinson's and comes to terms with that and the work he's done um, with charities uh, and his marriage and his drinking problem and all this stuff. I, I think it's got a it's, got, it's a fantastic story of kind of the triumph of the human will and, and um, uh, overcoming your own weaknesses and what have you. So uh, I don't know if you how you get someone to play Michael J. Fox. Um, it's probably something that's not going to happen for a long time if it ever does, but uh, I would love to see that. I would rather see a Michael J. Fox biopic than a Boy George biopic. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. the second one's coming out. That's coming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'd be great. I think you don't see two I'm trying to think of any biopics of actors. I'm sure there must have been some. I can't think of any right now. Um and I guess maybe this maybe it's too meta to have an actor playing an actor, I don't know. Oh I saw well just I'm trying to think of any, but I guess my week with Marilyn was a story about Marilyn Monroe, but um 
Yeah, you guess. Oh, fact. Uh, oh, that's the, um, Judy Garland. Judy. Of course there was. Of course there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And she won an Oscar for that. She did. How could I forget? Um, okay, so it does happen. Although it tends to be focused on a particular period of their life based on that very small sample. I guess um, the Laurel and Hardy one as well, Stan and Ollie. So it does happen, but they tend to be... That's a very small sample, but the ones I can think of tend to be focusing on a small period of time. Anyway, I would watch that. Mm. Um, and I thought I ought to have a mathematician. So uh, a film about Evriste Galois, uh, who was a French... Okay, who was this? He's a French mathematician. He came up with Galois theory, which I mean, for, for fans of um, of my personal history, was my second worst mark at university, was Galois theory. Uh, but he, he was a French mathematician. He was a kind of a drinker, carouser, one of the lads. Um, and he got into an argument over a woman's hand uh and was challenged to a duel uh so he went home and wrote down all the maths he'd come up with and then was shot and killed in a duel the next day uh and no one knew he was a good math or a great mathematician and he basically kicked off his whole field of mathematical theory so i think that's quite a dramatic story oh wow yeah uh, (laughs) like to see on film um even though i wasn't very good at car theory (laughs) (laughs) fair news cool um Let's leave it there then, except I do have a couple of suggestions we've had from uh, from listeners. So we've had a suggestion from my brother, uh, Simon, who has suggested that he would like to see a film of Miss Hargraves, um, which is uh, a book by, I think, Frank Baker, if I remember rightly, uh, which is his favourite book. Um, it's about a, a young man who uh, invents an aunt of his, I think it's an aunt, some old lady anyway, uh, and then she comes to life. And it's Miss Hargraves, and it's basically he interactions with her. So, um, if you've ever seen things like Ruby Sparks or Stranger Than Fiction, it's, it's, it's an idea that's been done before, but he loves this book and would like to see it. Um, and he wants it to star Maggie Smith as Miss Hargraves. Uh, oh. we, we've not really talked about actors, but he wants to star Miss. He also suggests Hargreaves, which is the name of his cat. Uh, he wants to see a film made of Hargreaves' life, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, and the person I've, I've looked up, um, so we've had another session from Squeak2017, which I think is probably not their real name. Um, and they're, uh, this is from on Twitter, uh, they're a friend of my brother's, I think, uh, has suggested an annotation of The Provincial Lady, um, which is written by Ian Delafield, and again, is one of my brother's favourite books. Uh, she suggested that stars Rene Zellweger, so I should have remembered Judy. Uh, or Samson Greg, even Olivia Coleman at a pinch. I like the idea of pitching this film, and she'll be just about happy to have Oscar-winning actress Olivia Coleman, uh, <laughs> if you have to. Uh, and she's also just a Lucy Punch, or I don't know who that is, um, as, as Snooty Lady Box. I don't know what, what that is. <laughs> um, I've, read, I've read this book, but I don't remember that. Um, and Dawn French as our vicar's wife. But that's quite specific. There you go. Well, I don't know. So there you go. Uh, that's definitely more specific than what we've come I up with. I've got to say, we've been very, very... I, I've not even come up with someone to play Michael J. Fox. I should have thought about someone to play Michael J. Fox. Uh, I can't think... It requires it requires me to know young actors more than I do. They'll get, they'll get someone from the CW or something. It's going to be Timothy uh, Chalamet, right? Yeah, it's always, it's all doing, it's it's always going to be Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Would he make a good Michael J. Fox? Yeah, I think he'd make a great Michael J. Fox. Actually. There you go, Timothy Chalamet. Let's do it. Uh, there you go that's uh, film adaptations we would like to see um, oh sorry I, I forgot to mention uh, The Mole I'd love to see a film adaptation of The Mole a play that I have written uh, that is yet <laughs> has yet to be staged stop, stop promoting <laughs> this this is all cut, being cut off I don't know why you even try Colin <laughs> I'd love to see a film adaptation I would quite happily star in said film adaptation if um, 
Jeez. And I was going to mention my mum's self-published novel after stroke because I thought if I'm mentioning my play, I should mention her book. Let's move on, Zijan. This is not a vehicle for your cross-promotional activities. <laughs> it certainly it. is. Uh, it certainly is. Um, hey, if we get, if I'm if my play gets made into a film off the back of this podcast, Zijan, I'll give you five percent of the gross. Um, we talk. Let's, let's talk about uh, actors <laughs> in particular. Five percent of zero is zero. No, you're, no, you're covering five percent of the, the expenses. Is basically what I meant. Um, <laughs> uh, dear, we're talking about uh, the films of Steve Buscemi in our segment Actor Factor, uh, as suggested by you, and season. I suggested perhaps I would not have seen many of his films, and it turns out I'm I've pretty sure seen, you have seen loads of fifteen them. of his films. Exactly, I mm. knew it when I saw the list of films that yeah. come out. I've seen eight of his films, which is quite a lot as well. Mm. Although. The number of them that I remember him being in, we'll see how many of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Uh, I, I'll kick it off, shall I? Um, You've got a longer list. Yeah, yeah. why not? Uh, so he's been in quite a few Coen Brothers films, and that's, that's made up a lot of this list. Um, so Miller's Crossing was the earliest uh, that I've seen, which is about gangsters, I guess. Um, but not it's not a traditional gangster movie in some ways, but it's about uh, power struggles and uh, various assassinations and people going off into the woods to kill each other uh he's in that i don't remember what he did in it if i'm honest <laughs> uh barton fink which is about a, a writer uh, who has writer's block and he's stuck in a hotel with john goodman again i don't remember steve Buscemi being in it uh fargo which is my favorite coen brothers film i think uh, which is about murders in minnesota i think it is um so you get Frances McDormand is uh, as a Minnesota cop who is pregnant. I think she she won the Oscar as well for that. Did she? Yeah, very good yeah. film. And she's done a lot of the films. The, the directors who bring back the same cast a lot. Uh, Big Lebowski, uh, which is one of the best known ones, but not one of my favourites, I'm honest. Um, which I think he plays one of the bowlers on the bowling team. Uh, but it's, yeah, uh, Coen Brothers, I'm not their biggest fan, but I do enjoy their stuff and I've seen quite a lot of it. Uh, and. I've enjoyed him in it, probably. <laughs> right. we, we, we should talk about the films itself rather than the actors in them, right? That's true. That's true. Uh, we do. Yeah. We do. Um, I think those are all good. I think Big Lebowski, I enjoyed less because it's... He's very much a stoner. Uh, I guess stoner comedy is not really my thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, Fargo is fantastic. I, I've only watched the first couple of episodes of the TV series. I need to get back into it. Um, so... I've got some older, early 90s films. So I have The Wedding Singer. Well, he was uncredited, apparently. Uh, I see. I didn't know that. Mm. So this is uh, the time when Adam Sandler made decent films. And he didn't know Kevin James back then as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so check out Uncut Gems. It's good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wedding Singer with uh, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Uh, and he was in Armageddon, apparently. Apparently um, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, with uh, this is the band Affleck Bruce Will- Bruce Willis about um, the meteor hitting Earth. The same time as another film about meteor hitting Earth, Deep Impact came out as well. Uh, if, you ever, if you look on YouTube, there's a fun clip of Ben Affleck's uh, commentary from Armageddon, where he's basically just ripping into the entire premise of the film <laughs> uh, about hiring the- all riggers to send to space rather than sending as teaching astronauts how to dig. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've seen Corner, which is uh, Nicolas Cage in his glory days. Still a good film, though. I enjoyed it a lot, even though it's a bit absurd right now. 
I enjoyed um, it before it went all Nicolas Cage. I think I think he was until he went nuts. It was good, yes. and then it went too nuts for me. But. He's done some animated work. He was in both the Monsters Inc. and Monsters University. He played Randall, um, the yes. evil, uh, oh, the the main antagonist in the first film. Mm. Um, anyway, um, I like I like the first Monsters Inc. Um, the second one wasn't as good as the first one, but yeah, there you go. Most Still sequels good. like yeah. that. Anyway. Uh, hmm. He was also voice, uh, voicing someone in Hotel Transylvania, which oh. I've only seen the first one, but yeah, it's not as memorable as uh, any of the other animated films I've seen. Um, hmm. And then last two that I have are uh, even McGregor films. So hmm. the first one was Big Fish, which I think I've told that I love a lot. Yes. And The Island, which is quite bad. It is bad. Um, a friend of mine uh, on Facebook has recently been doing her favourite films from different genres. And put uh, the island into her top six favorite action films, and I, I didn't. We need to introduce her to some other good. I, say, I, films. I didn't comment because I don't think our tastes are very similar. But I didn't think anyone loved our film. It's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I've seen uh, Pulp Fiction. He's in, um, which we've talked about before. I've still not seen that. I really should mm, start should watching that. Um, Ghost World, which is uh, which is good. It's a very early comic book well not early but a comic book adaptation stars a young Scarlett Johansson and I can't remember the name of the other girl in it but um, it's, it's a much beloved comic book it's not it's not a superhero type thing it's, it's these kind of it's a bit like Dyer I guess in some ways it's, it's these two girls um, teenage girls who are a bit tired of their worlds and want to get away from it and Steve Buscemi is this older guy um, they get involved with but it's, yeah, it's a good adaptation it's a good film um, and Interview which is uh, a film of him interviewing Sienna Miller, uh, not oh, Sienna Miller's character. Um, yeah. It's not as good as it thinks it is. I think it's still it's good, but I think it's trying to show the kind of um, the sleazy world of the celebrity interview. Um, this this it basically it's like a joust. It's a it's a battle between Sienna Miller. I think she's an actress in it, and he's this newspaper interviewer, uh, and they're trying to get the better of each other. Uh, and I, you can kind of tell, particularly Sienna Miller, who has sued various press outlets successfully. Um, you can see it's a bit of a personal thing for her about how much she hates some aspects of the media. But the film, the film's good, but it's not great. And the death of Stalin, which was very good, I think it was Armando Inucci, um, but a comedic telling of the death of Stalin and how people are reacting to it, um, like in his inner circle, and they think, well, we can't. You know, it's, it's all everyone is so scared of of being killed or, or having the the country turned against them. It's all about spin and counter spin. It's quite a modern view of it but that's definitely worth checking out as well Michael Palin's in it you don't see enough Michael Palin so that's nice no definitely not uh, so what's your favourite uh, Big Fish Fish uh, I would probably say Fargo for me and your least favourite <laughs> the island, the island. Uh, yeah I'm going to go for the island as well it's <laughs> awful sorry Carissa who there's no way she's listened to this but um, there you go next podcast as well as we're doing look back, look back in Oscar, uh, and what we look, what what do we look back in Oscar rings, Ejen? It's your choice, right, Colin? It is my choice. Look, I'll say it then. Fine, Amadeus. 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 Um, the story of well, the story of Salieri. It seems I've not seen it yet. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but apparently, the director's cut is much worse than the original. So if you can track down the original do that uh okay let's go to the final segment then which is the quiz um which this time is about the hobbit uh trilogy zijan kick us off question one 
who is the voice of Sauron in the Hobbit films? Benedict Cumberbatch. That is Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, excellent. Uh, question one for you. Who played the Doctor in Doctor Who and appeared in all three Hobbits? Who played the Doctor in Doctor Who and appeared in all three Hobbits? Mm. So you've got... What? Wow. You've got 13 to choose from, I think? Yeah, I know. I don't even know whether he's a Doctor or not. Because, so I know I don't think David Tennant's in it. I don't think... Um, I'm for Christopher Eccleston. Was he a Doctor? He was a Doctor, but the answer is Sylvester McCoy. Oh, who plays Radic- he plays uh, Radiska. Radicus. Radicus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was one of the earlier Doctors. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, question two. How many dwarves accompanied Bilbo Baggins on his quest to reclaim the Lonely Mountain? I should know that from the book. Uh, I think it's 12. Nope. 13. Uh, I was I was t- tossing up between 12 and 13 and I couldn't remember. That's annoying. Um, okay. Who was the only co-writer of the Hobbit trilogy not credited in the Lord of the Rings films? That's a weird way of phrasing that question. Basically, who, who was involved in writing the Hobbit but wasn't involved in writing Lord of the Rings? Involved in writing the book or the film? The films. The film. Yes. Uh, Del Toro, right? Correct. Uh, question Look at that. three. I'm not even making you give me a first name. What generosity. <laughs> Everyone knows what his first name is. Question three. Which actor from the Lord of the Rings trilogy composed and performed the song The Last Goodbye played over the end credits of the last film of The Hobbit? Oh, I did know this at one point. Uh... <sighs> I think it might be the guy from the Bodyguard, but I can't remember his name. Mm, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Luke Evans instead. No, it's Billy Boyd. Luke Evans never appeared in the right. original. Oh, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, that's annoying. Um, listen to the question, Colin. Um, which birthday is Bill Baggins celebrating in the epilogue to the third film? Uh, that would be the one where he when Gandalf came again, right? So it's 110 for something. Ooh. 111th, I'm afraid. Ah, oh, dang it. Or the 11th birthday, as I think they put it in the uh, book. Uh, yeah, I was torn. Like, I, I actually thought 111 first, and I thought, oh, it can't be that. It must be a round number. <laughs> like, it must be. Yeah, be I think they described it as being 111. But yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I should have known better. Uh, question four What's the name of the elf played by Evangeline Lily that was created for the movie? I got no idea. Uh. Groidal. <laughs> it's Toriel. Next. <laughs> We're not doing very well, sorry. Um, to within 15 minutes, how long are the combined theatrical releases? Wow. They were quite long films, though. Yeah, yeah I, I need more precision than quite long, I'm afraid. Yeah, so assuming it's about three hours each, nine hours, and it goes slightly less, so eight hours and... 50 minutes. So 8, eight and 15 or 8 and 50? 5 0. Uh, it doesn't matter either way. It's, but um, 7 hours and 54 minutes, I'm afraid. Oh, much shorter than I thought. Mm. Theatrical versions are um, an 8 hours 52, I think. So you've got almost exactly the, the extended ones, but not theatrical ones. Hmm. And my last question is this is quite a mouthful, but bear in mind. Okay. So name three actors who reprise their roles from the Lord of the Rings trilogy in the Hobbit trilogy. But the the characters never actually appeared in the Hobbit book. Okay, okay. Um, well, Alande Bloom. Yes. 
So the, the actors have got to be in both, have they as well? Yep, the actors appear. I was, was going to say Sauron, but because the character was in, but the actor wasn't, so I guess that doesn't count. Oh. Uh, ooh, ooh, um, Galadriel, Kate Blanchett. Yep. Well, you said Billy Boyd was singing in it. I'm going to say Billy Boyd then, Pippin. No, he didn't appear. Uh, okay. The other choices you can come up with was uh, Elijah Wood. Frodo kind of appears. Uh, okay, um, in the prologue. All right. Yeah, in the prologue, but obviously he doesn't appear in the book. Uh, Christopher Lee. All right. It's everyone. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Oh, good question. Um, here's another mouthful. Uh, so it's one of all with this, so this chance to win. Um, by my reckoning, and we might need to check some of these. Well, he's checked if there's more. By my reckoning, there are eight actors in The Hobbit who also appeared in MCU films. Or at least, ah. at least one MCU film. Uh, okay. Can you name five of them? Five of them? Wow. Okay. Uh, Martin Freeman. Yes. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Uh, Lee Pace. Yes. Very good. Hugo Weaving. Yes. And oh, Kate Blanchett as Hella. Kate Blanchett, very good. Yeah. Um, Who are the other three? Uh, well, Evangelina Lee, you, you mentioned. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Andy Serkis. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and the slightly more difficult one, um, Richard Armitage. Uh, Who did he play? I'm trying to remember now. I did look him up. Um, I think he's in the first Captain America in a fairly minor role, as far as I remember. And he's oh. one of the dwarves, I think. But, um, well, it's a victory for you, Zijan. Uh I'm kicking myself because I should have got a couple of those, I think. Um, but a, a glorious 2-1 win um, to show how much we, how much we know about the Hobbit, which I've seen the first film once in cinemas and have not watched the other two. Um, what are we quizzing on next time, Colin? We're quizzing on um, <laughs> <laughs> we're quizzing on Wes Anderson films, Colin. Oh, that's a good choice, Colin. <laughs> I'm, I think of, cool. I'm thinking of launching a solo podcast. It's very awkward. Um, what's our main topic for next time, Susan? We are looking at films about Hollywood. Films about Hollywood. Uh, I look forward to it, and we will see you then. Bye.